Stay hungry, stay foolish. So now on the Innovation Show, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Franz de Groot, author of the best-selling book, Bitsing, and founder of the Bitsing Methodology. Welcome to the show, Franz. Thank you very much. To give context to this one, marketing is so aligned to revenue generation. More and more businesses are shining a light on the marketing accountability. You've created this methodology, Bitsing, that really enables it and also helps marketers because so many marketers are stuck in an old world of marketing and haven't aligned it to revenue generation and revenue accountability. But your methodology does that in a phenomenal way. That's great to hear. <laughs> so it'd be great, great France to, to talk to us about, you know, the methodology, how you came up with it and what it is. Well, always believed in communications. Without communications, nothing happens. So you need to communicate to get people do what you want them to do. But communications is more than a single technique. It's everything. So what I did in my career was working in the major communication techniques at agencies worldwide. And I learned a lot. And suddenly I learned about how I can combine all those communication techniques in a simple form. And I started my own agency. That was 1993. It's quite a few years ago. And I was invited by a major car account, BMW, with they had at that time the British car brands Rover, Land Rover, and Mini Cars. And they invited me for a pitch. I wrote a plan, and that plan exists of six chapters. Each chapter was a communication technique. They liked it. I won it, and they executed the plan. And what happened was really quite amazing. They tripled 300% in turnover in revenue, which is impossible, but it happened. Of course, I won a lot of awards, and everybody was really exciting about it, but I had a big problem. I really did not know what I did. I only wrote a plan which consists of six actions, so I tried to search and looking into it what I did right, but I did not understand why this was so successfully until a year later, I saw the beginning letters of the six chapters of that plan of the, those car brands. The first letter started with a B. The second chapter started with an I, the third with a T, the fourth with an S, the fifth with an E, and the sixth chapter started with an R. I saw Bitzer. That's a word, but also a model. What I realized was that I did a B activity, an I-T-S-E-R activity, followed by each other. And somehow what I created was a kind of a stare. What I discovered was that each and every person in the world in whatever branch or whatever product you were working, that if you want a person to do what you want them to do, you need to approach them with six actions, which starts with the B, I, T, S, and then E and an R. And during the periods that companies were using this six action model, everybody who used it really explosively grew. But there were nine organizations who grew 300%. 
which was, for instance, the Amsterdam airport, Ship Hall. The shops behind the customs made the highest turnover in history ever, applying those six steps. And what I thought was, I really want to know why all these organizations using my six actions, the B and I action, T, S, E, E, and R, why all these organizations grew 300%. And I cut a connection with the European Commission. And the European Commission assigned four universities in Europe. And what we found was quite interesting. Each of these fast and rapidly growing organizations using my six steps had seven elements in common. The first principle, the first aspect that all these companies who grew 300% had in common was their goal. If you think about a goal, most organizations think about a goal of being the best or be innovative or creating a nice product or become a market leader. But the real goal should be, if you want to be successful, is an amount. Your goal should be the turnover, turnover revenue that you need to sustain, to continue with your organization. So, so always set an amount for a period of 12 months. What is the amount that you need to earn to sustain with everything you cut today? I call that, that your continuity goal. That is the real goal you should focus on, your turnover. That's one. The second aspect that all these organizations had in common was that they made all their decisions or they based all their decisions on facts. Not any decision was based on an assumption. If somebody says to you, I think that we should do X, Y, Z, and they use the word think, don't do it because it's not a fact, it's just an assumption. I have an example, which is quite, quite nice. I had an international toy chain as a customer. And uh, 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 they need to focus on target groups. So I asked them, what is your target group? And they said, kids. And I looked at their TV commercials. I looked at the catalog. And indeed, I saw that they were communicating to kids. But now let's go back to the facts. I asked them. What was the amount of turnover that you made factly over the past 12 months? They gave me an amount and I asked them, what share in this amount came from the wallets of kids? And their answer was zero. And I said, in this case, the fact says that you should not focus on kids because they don't pay you. You should focus on the target, target markets where your money comes from. And they looked at me and I asked them, who made the most of your money? And they said to me, mothers. And I asked them, shall we look into your stores during a period of two weeks and looking who is really paying you the money? And they did, and believe it or not, but 94% of their revenue came from the wallets of fathers. Yeah. And in all the communication, there was not any father. Not. And they put father in, and suddenly their turnover grew by 30%. 
And the same is with products, the same is with regions. If you look to the percentage, for instance, uh, again, look at your product. If a product makes 40% of your turnover and the second product make 20% of your turnover, which product should get first priority, you think? And if you give that product the attention and the amount of investment and the amount of energy which is compared to the share of it in the turnover, you will grow. Believe it or not, you will grow. And this is what we have scientifically proven. So it makes easy. Look at if you make 100 euros, for instance, turnover, and 40 euros comes from region A, and 30 euros from region B, and 10 euros from region C, then you should give region A 40% of your organization in terms of spendings, in terms of energy, attention, and you give 30% of your organization towards product number B, and 10% of the organization should be working on product C. If you do it this with this way of, of yeah, focusing, you suddenly see that you will grow. And that is what all these companies had in common. They based all their, all their decisions on financial facts. That's number two. In the book, you read the details about it, by the way. Yeah. The, th the third that they had in common was that they approached their market not in a unique way, not distinctive, but unbeatable. They found what makes their company uncopyable. If I am, as France, not to copy, compared to my competitors, you start to like me. And the most organizations try to be unique or distinctive or, in my terms, uncopyable with their products or services. But don't do that. If you look at Apple, you look at the brand. Apple is not distinctive or uncopyable because of the iPhone or the iPad or iTunes. Apple is not the copyable in its DNA, in, in its brand. And what these fast-growing organizations had in common is that they were able to found their not-to-copy, call it success factor. I call it often a golden egg. If you find your golden egg, and you start communicating around your call and act, you will see that more people will want you, more people will buy you, and more people will stay with you. So in my book, I put a model in which you can find your call and act, the sole thing that makes you uncopyable. So forget everything that makes you unique, because today I'm the biggest, tomorrow someone else is. Or today I'm the best, in a few weeks someone else is. Being the best or being the biggest is unique, but it's easy to copy. Look at what, it, what makes you uncopyable and communicate it to the markets. And what you will see is that more people will like you, more people will buy you, and more people of your existing customers will stay with you. That's a really interesting one, Franz. If we could expand on that one a bit, because... I find lots of people don't know what their golden egg is because they don't no. know how to identify it and they haven't done what you're talking about. Like, for example, the toy brand you mentioned, yeah. looking at who's buying the product. They don't 
focus on yeah. who's actually paying them. They may focus on an influencer, but it's so much more important to focus on who the buyer is. Yes. If you want to, to, to kiss a person, are you then dating the friend of that person? No, of course not. You will date the person you can kiss with. And you should do exactly the same with your business. Just approach the person who has the money in his wallet and he's ready to pay it to you. And if they understand what your call the neck is, what makes you uncopyable, and believe me, every person, so every organization in this world has a call and act. We know it, but we don't communicate it. And if we don't communicate it, we are completely the same as all our competitors, and then the price will be the issue. If you are uncopyable, you can ask the highest price ever. Believe me, you don't have to give any discount because you are uncopyable. And you are because you exist. And if you exist with your organization, you have something that your competition cannot copy. You only have to find it, and that's a process of two or two and a half hours if you use my model that I've written in the book. You mentioned Apple, for example. Yeah. For people to give them a little bit more of what is it? Is the story? Is it looking at the numbers to see what people are buying? How can they scrape away a little bit more to understand this? Well, this is an interesting one, what I found. And believe me, everything I tell here is scientifically tested by these universities because I really need to be right. You know, if you're right, you can promise something. What is interesting is the following. If you look at your competitor, you look wrong. The competitor is not the alternative of your product. The competitor is the alternative of the money that they spend on your product. For instance, if a person has 500 euros in his wallet and that person uh, wants to spend it, they often will say, mm, I buy clothes or I want uh, something from Apple or I want not to spend it, I put it on my bank account, but nobody mentions a product. Ask a person, if you have 400 or 500 euros, what should you do with it? They often talk about brands. I will spend it on Apple. I will spend it on a holiday. But they will never, never say, I will buy a Levi's jeans. Never. So your real competitor is your money competitor. What is the alternative of the money that they usually spend to you, but now spend on something else? And if you found that something else, and you look at what your company makes stronger to that something else, that money competitor, you will find a success factor, I call it, which makes you uncopyable, believe me. And suddenly that success factor makes you also uncopyable to the competitors of your product, to the reason why your customers are leaving you, that's also a comp competitor, the reason why they are leaving your company, and what you will see, it's always an emotional thing. The fact that it makes you uncopyable. Look, at if, if I say Apple, you feel an emotion. If I say iPhone, you see a telephone. That is rational. But Apple is emotional. If I say Heineken, you feel an emotion. I didn't say beer. 
what makes you uncopyable is in the brand. And it's always emotional, you will see. So forget all your rational communications. Look at what is your emotional not to copy factor compared to the financial alternative of the money that the customer spends on you. Sounds a little bit difficult, but if you read chapter three of the book, you will see it's quite easy. I didn't mean to break your flow because you were going through the laws and uh, you're just going to go into law four. Law four is an easy one. All these companies applied the six Bitzer actions. It will take an hour to explain what these six actions are. That's quite a pity, but, but please read it and then you will understand it. And you will also understand that you applied these six actions to the partner you're married with or living together with. Everybody, also you, walked the six steps of the stair. So you did six actions to finally end to the goal that you wanted to marry or to live together or to get that customer in. So the fourth principle the fourth common aspect of these 300% growing companies was that they really did six actions in a row. And they did it, number five, with the right techniques. One example, if a company is talking about brand awareness, you need to be aware, isn't it? If I'm not aware of you, I can't buy you. If you ask a company, what is the name of your brand, most of them will mention the name of their product. Again, look at Apple and iPhone. What is the name of your brand? People will say iPhone, but the really name is Apple. So if you apply the right message, you need to use the right subject. So if you do the six bits or steps, what you will see is that each step is about a kind of a subject, for instance, the name. And the name that you should be aware with in a market is not the name of your product. It's not a three or five series. It is BMW. And that's what we often forget. That's what we often forget. We make our products aware. No, we should make our brand aware. And that's what we forget. And if I don't have brand awareness, People doesn't like me. And it's about you and not what you deliver. But we are so focused in marketing terms, in what we sell. But what we sell is just one moment in life. What I sell or what I buy is something from a brand. Heineken, so give me that beer, damn it. Apple, so give me iTunes. You know, and, and, and I need to be aware of Apple. I need to want Apple. And then I need to go to the store of Apple and then I finally buy a product. What you will see is if you apply the six Bitzer actions, each of these six actions has its own subject and its own way of communicating to a target market. It's not difficult, but you need to understand it first. And then if you apply it, you will see that it works amazingly. And often we are only we are using the wrong techniques. We are only selling. What I always say is you're only allowed to sell after the sales. Which means that everything what you do should not be about selling. If I ask a girl, uh, do you want to kiss me? 
it will be a no because I was selling. There are a lot of more things up front before that girl automatically will say, come here, Franz, I want to kiss you. And that is what you will see in those six steps. What is in front before she says automatically, yes, I want to kiss you and I want to marry you. And yeah. that's an interesting one. Yeah. And that's about techniques and that's about the six steps. The number six principle that they all had in common, and I honestly, I, I like the call the next thing, the unbeatable uh, success factor, but the number six common element was the following. They all predicted the results of their six bitter programs beforehand. You can predict the results. Again, here on radio, it's very difficult to explain how this technically works. But it's a kind of a formula which also which has been proven. And this prediction will tell you exactly how many people in your target group you should approach with the B action. How many people you should approach with the I action, the T action, the S, E, and R action. And if you know or if you can predict the number of people you need to approach with each action and you will do so, you will see that you will guaranteed reaching your goals. And that is the sixth principle. It's predictive. And the most of the things that people advise, if you ask them, can you guarantee me that I reach my goals? Everybody will say, of course, I cannot guarantee it. I would say then, why should I do it? Because it's, it's a gamble. And what you do with the bidding methodology, you can predict the outcome of your six actions. And then you can see what happens if you do the B, the I, T, S, E, R, acti R activity and the number of people that you need to reach with it and that you reach your billions, billions or one euro or whatever you want, the kissing curl, easy. There was the number six uh, uh, common principle and the number seven was that you can predict beforehand the amount of money that you will earn on the investments in time, money, energy, on the six steps, on the six activities, which means that you will never spend more money on everything that you do with your organization that every action can deliver. And you can predict that in terms of profits, money, uh, uh, name it. So that makes it interesting because this says that, that if I spend one euro beforehand, I already see that it maybe delivers me one euro 30. So that investment always makes profit. So, so those are the, 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 the seven, yeah, let's say common principles that I found with those four, four European universities and that makes these companies growing rapidly towards the 300%. And what I did, I created models around it. Seven methodologies, so everybody can apply these seven aspects themselves or with my help. I'm earning my money with helping organizations using the methodologies to get the seven answers right and to execute it in a proper way. What I love, Franz, about it is it gives laser focus to people and you know when we chatted i found it really interesting where i came from a digital transformation background in media 
And nice. when you're in that position, you're always fighting for the next curve. So you're always fighting for what's coming next. You're, yeah. If you're in newspapers, you're talking about digital uh, digital uh, websites, apps, etc. If you're in the radio, you're talking about the same. And you're talking about this battle the whole time. And yeah. w- when I when I saw you present and when I saw your methodology and I saw the laser focus you gave, you went, well, if there's a feasibility of making 5% revenue from there for the organization, that's all the attention it should get from the organization. Exactly. Uh, and and it's, this, it's this kind of contradiction or this kind of battle between the future and the present or the new revenue or the potential new revenue and the old revenue that I found really interesting because I always felt I was right. And when I looked at yeah. your methodology, I was like, well, maybe the organization was right or maybe there's a balance to be struck there. You're, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Because this is based on facts only, not not what happened yesterday, not what happens tomorrow, but what it is today. And what I often hear, especially from retail organizations, they say, I'm hit by online sales. It's the biggest competitor ever. And then I, I looked at the figures. And if you look at the retail sales worldwide, for instance, it's only 8% which means that 92% still of the revenue still is done by the stores. Of course, it's growing, internet sales, of course, but it's still only 10%. So this says, give it 10% attention. If you have 1 million to spend, 100,000 euros, 10% should go to a online shop and just pilot it, test it, look whether it makes money for you or not. But what they do is they put full focus, 100% focus of the organization on new developments. But every new development starts with zero. And it slowly grows. And if, if you follow that growth in terms of attention, like its share in, in your revenue, then you can grow with it. Don't be afraid. You know, and, and, and that's what you see here. And the same, for instance, with the Dutch airport, they were focusing on fashion. Fashion was 3.6% of their revenue. Their real money, more than 80%, came from liquor and perfumes. And they didn't communicate around that. So start communicating with six actions around perfume and they crew enormously as i told you it was their biggest revenue in the history ever you're giving people really what they want i mean this is the thing i took from this it's like the toy shop example where, where it's the fathers buying the gifts so market to the fathers make them feel rewarded for the fact they want to buy these toys etc but but i'd love to come back to the six steps in bitter the, yes. the first one is, is brand awareness. So you brand mentioned that, that. So that's me in the nightclub dancing, making sure the girl sees me. <laughs> um, sees you <laughs> and, and, and knows what your name is. And your name is not best kisser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your name is, my name for instance, your name is Aiden. My name is Franz. Nobody will buy you without knowing what the name is of your brand, you know. So if I'm a company, a startup or a service company or anything, and I'm using, for example, LinkedIn or I'm using any kind of outlet I can to get my brand out there responsibly. That's my first step in the Bitzer steps. That's, 
And then you talk about I, so I being image building. And this is image where, building, yeah. And this is really about the golden eggs, right? Exactly. Your target group person should like you. The I is I like you. If you are married or living together, I probably think that you are married with a person who liked you. You know, and uh, liked. Eh? Not was that liked, past, but past tense, was it? <laughs> <laughs> but before somebody buys you, starts kissing you, buying you, they need to like you. And people like you if they know what makes you uncopyable. Look at Apple and Samsung. It's very difficult to explain what makes Apple uncopyable. Steve Jobs tries to, to communicate it with Think Different. And if you look at something, Samsung, you probably even don't know what makes them likable. Well, what makes Samsung uncopyable? By the way, there are more Samsung elements in an iPhone than, than the opposite, you know? And still you're buying the iPhone because yeah. it's Apple. I like Apple. So the brand name is the, is the brand name. And the I, to make people like you, is communicate what makes you uncopyable. If a person likes you, don't sell to the person because somebody can be liking you or in love with you, but it doesn't mean that they start to kiss you immediately. You always first need a date, remember? And the date is the T of traffic. Traffic to your store, traffic to an appointment, traffic to the place where people can buy you or the place where the girl or the boy can kiss you. If you want to stimulate the traffic, don't sell. Because if you tell a person, do you want to date with me so we can kiss? I will probably get a no. <laughs> but if I say, do you like to date with me? We go together to the movies and the person likes you, you probably will get a yes. And I call that a riskless offer. Always a riskless offer to your target market to visit your store, to get an appointment, like in the dating world, you like me, we're, we are a little bit in love, shall we date and have an appointment and let's go together to the movies? And the answer will be 99% yes. So I love this, Franz, because if you're talking about this, and I, I'm just going to bring it down to a concrete example of a startup, for example. So I'm a software company and I have... 28-day trial, for example, or I have a seven-day trial, whatever it is. This is this piece you're talking about, the riskless offer. The seven-day trial is a riskly offer. What you say is you will get a seven-day kissing trial because yeah. you can try to pro the product. Forget about the product again. To get a date, I was talking about the movies and I was not talking about the kiss. So you weren't selling again. Exactly, gotcha. exactly. And that's what we need to learn, that what we learned that we need to sell is forget it. Forget it, forget it. We're only allowed to sell after the sales. I'm going to rerun this again. So it's basically the first three steps are building trust. You know who I am, you yes. like me, you trust me, and then you buy. And then and then you go with me to the movies or in the commercial world, you go to my store or we will have the appointment if you sell through the appointment. Indeed. And if you have the appointment, if you have to visit in your store, 
if you go with that girl or boy to the cinema, yes, that's the place where you sell the kiss. But you will get the kiss automatically. And the sell is the S. That's the fourth step. The first step is the B. I'm aware of your brand name. The second step is the I. I like you because of your unbeatable success factor. I, I understand what makes you unbeatable. The third step is the T. Traffic to the store. Yes, and you do that with a riskless offer. And the fourth step is the sale. As I sell the product. But always sell the product that dominates your turnover, dominates your revenue. Don't sell an innovation to a new customer. Because if you want to date a person, yes, the first thing that you do is always a kiss, nothing else. It's always the kiss. It's not a slam in the face. <laughs> or it's <laughs> or it's not living together. Yeah. No, it's always first a kiss. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just laughing, Franz. I'm just thinking of somebody tuning in midway through the show. This is not a dating show. This is about <laughs> accountable marketing, goddammit. So but but it's interesting on the S, right? It, it the S really I know I know it's sold, but in a way yes. The pathway you've built is actually it's more bought because you're never pushing it. It's actually you've built the trust, you've built the runway where somebody feels safe enough to buy from you rather than you pushing the product on them. Exactly. And and by coincidence, with that BMW group, with those car brands, I made the brands aware. I found their uncopyable thing and I communicated it. I, I brought with an action a riskless offer to the target market. So they start to visit the dealers, traffic to the dealers. And then we did a sales offer of the car that was sold most, you know, the revenue car. And people started to buy. There was the S. And the, remember, the, the fifth step is the E. What happens after the kiss? Another one or a marriage, or a holiday together, or a good, good chat, or the E is about your extras. So if a person have, has bought you, don't talk about the product anymore that they bought. Talk about what happens after they bought the product. If you're still in your marriage, it's not an exit, right? You're still in your marriage, it is because of what happened after the kiss, after the fourth step, the S. So talk about all the extra things that you can deliver in the relationship with your customer and they start to appreciate you and at the end they really love you. And if a customer loves you, they do a lot of extra things with you, they buy more and more and more, they are ready to sell you to their re, uh, relationships, to their relationship, to their neighbors, family members. And that's the sixth step. That's the step of the R, resell, reference sales. And what I did by coincidence with these uh, car brands, I did a B, building brand awareness. I started to create an image that people likes. We did a riskless offer so that people visited the dealers, 
we sold the biggest revenue cars as then we sold all the extra things that those car brands had to offer, like the service, you know, and even a second car, the extras. And at the end, we asked the customers to resell those car brands to their relatives. And it was a circle of B-I-T-S-E-R. And here we go again, B-I-T-S-E-R. And with the prediction, I can really predict the number of people you need to approach with the B activity, with the I activity, T-S-E-R activity to uh, uh, guarantee the revenue that you need to continue with your organization or even make 300% growth. Brilliant. And just to clarify on the E step, so the extra sales, it's beyond just, for example, you bought the car, now buy an extra radio in your car. It's not selling just extra pieces of your supply. It's actually giving extras as well. So this is going that extra mile. It's giving extra service. Is that right? That's absolutely right. If you have kissed the S, remember, and the next day you come home with flowers, have you ever done that, Aiden? <laughs> or, or else I might have brushed my teeth. I might have brushed my teeth. <laughs> That's an extra. <laughs> if, you, if you come with flowers, you say, sweetheart, this is for you. What will you get back? A thank you or even a kiss. You will get it if you bring something extra to your customers. Even a single moment of attention is an extra. They will give you an extra back and often that is more sales but it's absolutely loyalty and if people are loyal you can ask them to sell you to their neighbors and the trust again i I come back to this because when you did present to me and now you've reinforced this what you've done here is you've built trust over the steps so and and i see what you see as well i I see this the steps up the ladder or the steps up the stairs and, yeah. you know, you go through brand, image, riskless offer, sell, yeah. extra sales, and then you resell or the reference sale. And it's a yeah. beautiful cycle. And then you start again with either the same customer or the person they've referred you to. Exactly. The B is about the name, the I about my brand, the T about the location I have to go to, the S is about my product, the E is about my organization, and the R is about our relation. And so those are the six actions that you need to apply to a market. And if you only do, for instance, a sales activity, you are working with your organization on the S step, but you forget the other five, which means that there are not enough people on your sales step to buy you. And that makes it so difficult every time to reach growth goals, you know. But if you build more B's, more I, T, and S's, you will get more E's and R's, and so on and so on. It's a cycle. It's a system. So what you're saying there is, if I step back and I I look at my notes, for example, from the talk you gave, when I look back at my notes, the big things I'd written down is, focus where gives you the most return. So identify that first, and then focus on that, and, and focus the resources of the organization there. Yes, and then use the Bitzer methodology you've just talked about about your marketing essentially to get it out there, but also always yeah. keeping in mind where you focus most. And 
that last piece you said there, I certainly missed it the first time, is again being really accountable about those steps. If there's not enough brand awareness, you won't get image building, you won't get riskless offers, you won't get sales. What kind of methodology works around that, Franz? What have you seen work best there? Yes, uh, you, you mean you mean on the bits or steps or or or? Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll edit this out, Franz. I, I was I was trying to see, you know, you know, there you were trying to say basically, you may not have you may have too many people in sales, yeah. but, but you may, because you haven't actually done enough brand marketing yet, or you may right. have no brand awareness yet. So you need to get your brand out there first. Because yes. you, may, you may just be trying to sell way too much and be way too pushy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, maybe I can explain it a little bit via this. Uh, the B&I, Brand Awareness and I Like You, is a matter of marketing. Marketing is responsible for creating the right number of people on the B and the I steps of the Bitzer stair. The professor of the European Master Program calls it stocks. You need stocks, a number of people on the B and the number of people on the I. If marketing is able to create enough people on the B and I steps, then sales has an easy job because salespeople are responsible for T and S, right? If I don't have any person on the I step, Sales will not get a T because if the girl or the guy doesn't like you, forget the date. You will do, you don't get a date even if you have a riskless offer. So marketing is responsible to get the right number of people on the B and the I steps, and then sales needs to get them towards the T and the S. And then E and R is a matter of account management. That's not a matter of sales. That's account management. That's client services. You know. Client services people are very good in appreciating a customer to bringing them all our extras so we will get an extra in return. And the prediction of this pitching methodology tells you how many persons you need to have on the B step, on the I step, T, S, E, and R step to successfully reach your goals. And if you know what amount of people you need on each steps, you can t say to marketing, this is your job. These are your KPIs. This is the number of people that you need to approach to get the right number of eyes on the eye step. And sales also had his KPIs. This is the number of T's and S's you need to reach in the upcoming months. And account management, this is your task. This is the number of people you need to get on the E and the R steps. And if you push people with the right programs towards these numbers, they will reach these numbers. As an organization, it gives every, it makes everybody on the same team, which is great. It puts everybody in the same team sheet and yeah, towards yeah. the same goal. So the B, the brand piece. So that becomes for me as a marketer, for example. That's marketing. Uh, yeah, marketing, I need you to get me 10,000 leads or prospects. And when I have 10,000, then when I bring them through my cycle at a trial, that will convert to, say, 800. And out of those 800, 400 will buy. Then I can sell 10% the extra sales, and then eight will refer me, and the cycle begins again. It's that piece that 
is missing in most organizations because yes. you're you're going to marketing marketing your guys your job is to get the the message out there sales your guys is your job is to sell but there's no link and this is what i love what you've done here there's a direct link which means they're sitting at the right table at the same table and yes and moving towards the same goal yes and what i often hear from my customers is that they start to talk the same language they understand each and every role they understand that each and every person is important because if you uh, i did it with shell well, you, you know, that's not a small company. And I was able to place or to put every employee of this worldwide company on one of the Bitzer steps. That department are working on T's, those on E's, those on B's, those on I's. And it's no more and no less. So every organization is already working on a B-I-T-S-E-R, but they don't know it yet you know and people start working together if marketing doesn't deliver enough eyes sales can say listen guys because of you i didn't reach my sales goals and so they know they were they need to work together but they also will stimulate each other to do their job and the job is approach the right number of people on a certain bitzer step you need data to begin with so to understand how many prospects you need to reach through the B step, you need yeah. to have history to go, you know, last year we reached 5,000 direct yeah. prospects. Yeah. That translated. Yeah. How does a company go about that? Most companies probably you see probably don't collect that data. Almost all companies have all the data, but it's spread throughout the organization. What I always do, I will look in the past 12 months and I look what happened in those 12 months. For instance, if a sales guy has 10 appointments, I will ask him how many customers out of those 10 did you reach? And if he says one, it's one out of 10, which means that his sales conversion is 10%. And with everything that an organization did over the past 12 months, I can calculate what the conversion of the B is, what the conversion of the I is, of the T is, S, E, and R. So you don't need any market research or extra market research. It is already in the organization. It's not difficult. It's really not difficult. It feels like those questions that you asked are always pointed at sales when, if they're connected and not in silos, everybody's connected so you're able to go to marketing and go i need you to do this because i need this many leads to convert this many exactly customers. for instance if out of 100 persons 20 knows what your name is then i know that 20 are standing on the b step <laughs> that's it not 100 not 80 not 60 no 20 and the other 80 out of 100 stays at the beginning of this bits or stare you know, these figures are already available somewhere. We know it because we made revenue over the past year. You know, I know what market volumes are. So I have some calculation models in which I can, with current information, I can exactly see what the current success ratios, percentages are on the BITS ENR steps. And on the basis of these percentages, I can make predictions. It must be so liberating 
France for the people you work with because so many people are going to work every day on the fly deciding what they're going to do but this puts them in control it puts them in the driving yes, seat it, where they actually can go and go i know exactly what i'm doing this week and they are successful they do it in less time at least 25 percent more efficiency and growing that is interesting because everybody says i'm too busy i'm too busy they were busy with approaching kids instead of approaching daddies, you know? And that's what you see in every company. And I really enjoy it so much. And I'm so lucky that I found this. I just created a booklet and it's 15,000 words of bitching. And it are quotes from people who mailed me over the past few years with how they experienced this methodology. It is at the moment what I received 15,000 positive words. It's amazing. I haven't seen that before, honestly. I'm a normal guy like you, like everyone. But I'm so happy that I found this methodology that the whole world should use it, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're obviously a good kisser, Franz. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not allowed if i would do that with someone else i'm exit that's, that's the e-step remember <laughs> of course of course so so franz i i know the book is a link to the book a link to the website where can people find out more and i know that you have people working in each country as well you can go to bitsing.com b-i-t-s-i-n-g bitsing.com and there, there you find interviews with Shell, for instance. Hewlett Packard Worldwide is using it, but also startups. That's not too detailed information about the methodology. You will find that in the booklet. But it's more about the world of bitching. Who is doing it? What, what's happening? I had an interview in New York a few weeks ago, which was a great experience. Well, those things you will find on this website. Franz de Groot, CEO and founder of Bitsing. Thanks for joining us. It was a great pleasure. Thanks so much, Franz. Thank you very much. <laughs>